I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News Update for Wednesday, December 20th. The effort to completely restore power in Massachusetts following that powerful storm could take multiple days. Some school districts were forced to cancel classes for another day today. National Grid said yesterday that crews worked overnight and have since restored power to the nearly 260,000 customers since the storm tore through the region and knocked out power to more than 279,000 of the company's Massachusetts customers at one point. Here in Quincy, there were about 100 customers still without power as of this morning. As of 6 o'clock last night, National Grid said about 40,000 of its Massachusetts customers were without power, with the highest concentration of outages in Bristol, Essex, Middlesex, Norfolk, Plymouth, and Worcester counties. The company has secured additional crews, including from New York and Canada, who will be working for as long as needed to restore service as quickly and safely as conditions allow. As of 5 o'clock this morning, the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency reported that 23,751 customers of Eversource, National Grid, and Unitil throughout the state were still without power. Firefighters in Pembroke were able to contain and put out flames at a home on Station Street yesterday. Pembroke Fire Department described how it was alerted to a structure fire yesterday afternoon. With assistance from Pembroke Police and several neighboring fire departments, crews were able to respond and contain the blaze. No injuries were reported. One person was displaced. Pembroke Fire said it was still investigating the cause of the fire, although officials noted that a generator had been running inside the cluttered garage prior to the fire. Some residents expected to be without power until tomorrow. Fire officials said yesterday's fire should serve as a reminder about generator safety. Officials also noted that maybe the most important thing to have at this point is a working carbon monoxide detector, especially if residents are going to use a generator or a heater. Well, the city of Quincy is now in compliance with a state law that requires communities served by the MBTA to create special zoning districts around T-stations that make it easier for the creation of multifamily housing. The city council, at their last meeting of 2023 this week, approved of the new district around the Quincy Adams and North Quincy T-stations. Quincy Planning Director Jim Fatsies explains the new districts do not mean that new housing will actually be built. Ward 4 Councilor James Devine worked with the city to ensure that residential areas around the Quincy Adams station were not included in the new district in order to protect them from overdevelopment. Failing to comply with the state law would have meant the loss of state grant money. Also at their last meeting of the year, the Quincy City Council did approve a land disposition agreement that sets the stage for the next phase of the redevelopment of Quincy Center. The agreement sells the IHOP restaurant property that the city acquired by eminent domain to Atlantic Development of Hingham for $7.3 million. Atlantic plans to create a 325-unit apartment complex with ground-level retail space that could include a Trader Joe's market, a restaurant, and a bank. Under the agreement, Atlantic will also construct an 800-space parking garage that the city will pay for and own. 
Atlantic hopes to break ground before next spring. City of Quincy continues its opposition to the City of Boston's efforts to build a new Long Island Bridge. City Council recently approved a resolution supporting a proposal from State Representative Bruce Ayers of Quincy that calls for a study of creating a ferry service to Long Island. Chris Walker from the mayor's office says Boston has never formally considered a ferry. Boston says they want to build a new bridge and open a substance use treatment center on Long Island. Quincy officials argue that a bridge would generate dangerous traffic through Squantum and North Quincy. Three Quincy City Councilors will be leaving the council next year. Councilor-at-Large Ann Mahoney relinquished her seat in a losing bid for mayor. Ward 2 Councilor Anthony Andronico narrowly lost a re-election bid. Ward 5 Councilor Chuck Phelan is retiring. During the last city council meeting of the year this week, Quincy State Representative Tacky Chan brought well wishes for all three from the State House. During inauguration ceremonies on Monday, January 8th at 10 a.m. at City Hall, Scott Campbell will take Ann Mahoney's seat, Richard Ash will take Anthony Andronico's seat, Dan Minton will take Chuck Phelan's seat. Campbell and Minton both ran unopposed. A popular restaurant and function facility will both be leaving their home on the South Shore, although they may be around for another year or so. Raphael's and the Greenside Grill are saying farewell to the South Shore Country Club in Hingham at the end of their lease with the town at the end of 2024. After 15 years of serving the Hingham community and 35 years serving the South Shore at large, the owners have decided to embark on new adventures and opportunities. The owners expressed their sincere gratitude to the South Shore Country Club permit holders, the loyal customers, dedicated staff, and the Hingham community for their unwavering support throughout the years. The release also quotes the owners, Elio and Frank Ritchie, as saying it's with mixed emotions that they make the announcement. Raphael's restaurant, banquet, and conference facilities debuted in 1989 at the Old State Street Bank Complex in North Quincy, opening another function venue in Walpole in 2000, and also being the exclusive food and beverage provider to the former Clarion Nantasket Beach Resort Hotel and Spa in Hall. Both Raphael's and the Greenside Grill have called the South Shore Country Club their home since 2009. The highest-ranking federal official from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's New England region was recently in Quincy to tour two projects that are considered to be national models. Juana Matias, who was appointed by President Biden in March of 2022 as HUD's New England Regional Administrator, visited Manette Community Health Center's new radiology suite on West Quantum Street and Father Bills and Main Springs' new Yankee Housing Resource Center on Broad Street. Both projects have received significant funding from HUD grants, which are administered locally by the Quincy Planning Department. With respect to the Manit project, the city provided an allocation of over $500,000 in community development stimulus funds toward the construction of the radiology suite, 
which offers both mammography and plain film X-ray imaging. Regarding the Housing Resource Center, Quincy provided assistance in the form of a land lease as well as allocations from the city's Affordable Housing Trust Fund and Emergency Solutions Grant Program. That project will also utilize HUD housing vouchers. Congressman Stephen Lynch introducing the Re-Engage the Workforce Act, which would provide federal grants to organizations that work with students who didn't complete high school to help them earn their GED and offer additional workforce training and career support programs. The grants would be created within the Department of Labor in consultation with the Department of Education to help facilitate the advancement of education through in-person or virtual programs alongside any necessary support services. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, individuals who didn't finish high school make up the highest percentage of unemployed people in the country and earn $162 less weekly than those who earned their diploma. Lynch says establishing the grant program will help organizations dedicated to re-engaging students and allow them to offer more critical programs such as life planning workshops, career training, resume reviews, and interview assistance. Well, today, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu will formally apologize to the two men wrongfully connected to the 1989 Charles Stewart case. 34 years ago, Charles Stewart told police that he, his wife Carol, and their unborn baby were shot by a six-foot-tall black man as they were leaving Lamas class at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Carol and the baby died. Stewart, who was shot in the abdomen, survived. During the manhunt, Alan Swanson and Willie Bennett were both publicly linked to the case based on Stewart's lie. A few months later, in January 1990, Matthew told police that Charles was responsible for the shooting, but before Charles Stewart could be arrested, he jumped off the Tobin Bridge. Mayor Wu is expected to apologize for the city's wrongdoing and for the harm it did to Boston's black community. Governor Mara Healy's administration expects to spend $915 million on the emergency family shelter system through the end of the next fiscal year, according to a new report submitted to legislators. Administration is required by law to submit bi-weekly reports to the House and Senate Committees on Ways and Means. That requirement was contained in the supplemental spending law that recently provided $250 million for the shelter system. To help keep pace with future shelter costs, Healy's administration told lawmakers it plans to use the balance of transitional escrow funds generated in part from the state's surplus in fiscal year 2022. They've already requested $250 million for supplemental funding and $10 million for resettlement agencies. The new request would push the expenditure to the full $700 million remaining in the fund by the end of fiscal 2025. Supplemental budget legislation formalizing the spending will be submitted in the coming weeks, according to Healy. Additionally, the report reveals for the first time the list of 100 cities and towns currently hosting 7,532 total families who are being housed in the shelter system in hotels or motels. The current average length of stay for families in the system exceeds one year. 
As of last Friday, another 306 families were on the waiting list. Of families currently in the shelter system, over 3,500 are expected to be migrants, refugees, or asylum seekers. The report says 813 members of those families have confirmed work authorizations. A check of business news this morning, and stocks rebounded yesterday. The Dow soared 251 points. The Nasdaq added 98. The S&P was up 27. World stocks also advanced after Wall Street ticked higher amid hopes that Japan's moves to keep interest rates easy for investors could augur similar trends over the rest of the world. The dollar's down. The euro fell. Oil at $74 a barrel. In sports, Celtics lose out on the West Coast to Golden State, 132-126 in overtime. They will take on the Sacramento Kings as they continue their West Coast road trip tonight at 10 p.m. Bruins also lost in overtime to Minnesota, 4-3, and they'll be in Winnipeg Friday night at 8 o'clock. Forecast from the National Weather Service today, mainly sunny and a high 43 degrees. Clear tonight, low 27. Tomorrow, mainly sunny at a high of 35. Sunday on Friday, a high of 34. Partly sunny, 41 for Saturday. For the boater, waves about 2 feet. Northwest winds 10 to 15, gusting to 25 knots. Next high tide, 5.30 p.m. Sunrise, 7.08. Set at 4.14. A traffic note for River Bridge, scheduled to open today at 4.15 and Thursday at 3 p.m. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News Update for Wednesday, December 20th.